You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Now on today's show in the first segment, I will discuss the latest hire to the Mets coaching staff as Glenn Sherlock returns to the Mets to be their bench coach. Then in the following two segments, I want to talk about international free agency. I'll get into the two big names the Mets signed, but also I want to talk about why the Mets now have a huge edge when it comes to international free agency moving forward because of Steve Cohen and the resources he is pouring into this franchise. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets and about baseball at JustBaseball.com. All right, so let's start things off talking about Glenn Sherlock, who returns to the Mets. He was previously their third base coach. They hired him back in November of 2016. Where did they hire him from? Well, he spent a very long time with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now the question is, how did he get to Arizona? Glenn Sherlock was a catcher, and he was in the Yankees farm system. That's where he eventually transitioned into coaching. He worked in their bullpen in 1992, then again in 1994, 1995, had 10 years of employment in the Yankees organization. Then 1996 comes around. He goes to the Diamondbacks, an expansion franchise, to be a minor league instructor. Who do you think brought him there? None other than Buck Showalter. So that is clearly the impetus behind this hire. These two guys go way back. It's another one of Buck's guys on the staff. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but to give you more background on Glenn Sherlock's career, he then spent was it 19 years in the Diamondback system uh, as part of their MLB staff and the minor league organization, had a lot of different roles, a lot of different hats throughout his tenure with the Diamondbacks before he goes and works with the Mets. So that, for one, tells you something. When a coach has 19 years in an organization, clearly that is someone that has a lot of or has earned a lot of respect throughout that organization, a vital person in, in how that organization was structured for so many years, gets hired by the Mets, spends three seasons here, then goes and works with the Pirates the last couple of years, and now returns as the bench coach for Buck Showalter. Uh, you know, there's not too much that I think we can really dive into here. The one thing I'll say about Glenn Sherlock is now you have your catching guy on the staff, and Jacob Stallings, who won the NL Gold Glove, he credited Sherlock for really helping him improve this past season. So I think he is really good at that aspect of things. So that just gives you another perspective to add to your staff. Another person that will be helping when it comes to strategizing and game planning with the catchers and the pitchers. That is all well and good. A ton of experience, which again, it is a thing that the Mets have leaned into with their staff. They have their younger, more cutting edge hires with the previous hire of Jeremy Hefner as their pitching coach, and now Eric Chavez as the hitting coach. So that is sort of the new blood that gets into this wave of analytics and, and guys that can really 
process that information, distill it to their hitters and their pitchers. The two key coaching positions on this staff are younger guys. And then the rest of the staff is now a very veteran group. Joey Cora was with Glenn Sherlock and the Pirates the last couple of years. So now the two of them reunite as well. You already have Buck Showalter, of course. And now this staff is just a, a veteran group all the way around Wayne Kirby as well. So you're going to win now. That That's the goal. That That's the attempt this year is to go all in with this veteran roster. You now have a veteran coaching staff around them. They can probably now fill out the lower levels of this coaching staff, whether that's an assistant hitting coach. They talked to maybe bringing in two assistant hitting coaches, an assistant pitching coach. Maybe they want a quality control coach, which was a role that Luis Rojas filled before he became the manager. Sort of that bridge between the analytics department and the you know coaching staff on the MLB bench. So that is still another role that could be filled. And maybe this is where you could see some hires that come kind of out of the blue names that you haven't heard of, but are maybe rising stars in the industry that Steve Cohen could look to bring in to help round out the staff that Billy Epler and Buck Showalter, of course, probably being the, the key talent evaluators when it comes to coaching, could bring in to, to make this staff a little bit more whole. But right now, you're talking about a, a ton of experience across the board. You have a pitching coach that we already knew was great in Jeremy Hefner. I really like the Eric Chavez hire. I talked about that in a previous podcast you can watch as well. So I think if you look at this staff as a whole, I got no complaints. I probably wouldn't have any complaints no matter who they hired, really. I mean, as long as they've done their due diligence on background checks and things, and obviously with Glenn Sherlock, they know him very well having spent three years in the organization and Buck Showalter has known him for what, 30 years, something like that. So, uh, you know, as long as they're bringing in high character people, I can't really tell you the difference between bench coach A and bench coach B. I'm not going to get upset that they didn't get some wonderkin to be their bench coach. Uh, You just want a staff that works well together. And I think Buck Showalter is naturally going to be able to form a coaching staff that he can work well with, that he's, you know, has all this experience when it comes to being a manager. So that is really something that is not going to take a big learning curve as it might with a rookie manager like Mickey Calloway or Rojas previously. So that's already a big leg up when it comes to filling out these stats. But to see him now have a couple of his guys on this staff, I think that's great. Mets are going to try to win. They have a veteran coaching staff. And I'll leave it at that. Now, as we're going to transition though, the Mets have an opportunity when it comes to filling out their coaching staff, when it comes to signing international free agent when it comes to developing their players of being the best in the sport because of Steve Cohen. I want to talk about that a little bit more and also talk about the two top tier international free agents the Mets just signed. We'll get to all of that in just a minute. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It makes it so much easier to stick to your resolution Because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy, Built Bar is delicious. Comes covered in 100% chocolate. So you're going to want to eat this snack. And there's so many flavors to choose from, whether it is the coconut almond bar, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And when you go to Built.com, make sure you're using the promo code LOCK15 
to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So before we talk about the Mets farm system in a little bit more of a macro sense when it comes to Steve Cohen and how the Mets have a leg up now on most teams in the league, I want to just focus on the top two signs that were just made for this international free agent period, and that is Simone Juan and Willie Fanes. Now, they signed 21 international prospects altogether, but these were the two that got the big money, right? You have just over $5 million in your international uh, space signing pool. And these guys account for $3.4 million, according to MLB.com. You have Simone Juan that got $1.9 million, and Fanes who got $1.5. Juan is a very highly regarded prospect, 16 years old, uh, you know, possible center fielder with five-tool potential. That is generally what you're going to get to with any of these international free agents that you sign at 16 years old that get that big money. It's this dream that they're going to become Byron Buxton or, or George Springer. And these are the comps that we've heard so far for Juan is that he could potentially be one of those guys. And maybe it happens. He's six foot two, right-handed center fielder with all the athletic tools you could want. We have no idea that's going to happen. I mean, we haven't seen him play on a professional field. We have no idea what his makeup is. So many things have to go right. For this prospect or any of the 21 international prospects they just signed to actually put it all together and suddenly become the next great player. And a lot of times it's the guy that you sign for, for five grand, you know, and it, it, it's that one guy and, and you don't know the X factor of their work ethic. You don't know their ability to, to come in and to adjust, to learn all of these different things that have to work out perfectly. But when you get a Simone Juan, you're getting someone where the you know the the level of uncertainty is a little bit smaller. There's a little bit greater chance here that Juan's going to turn into the next superstar. But you're still talking about going from maybe a you know one in in a thousand chance to you know maybe one in five hundred. There is so much uncertainty as i already said with all these prospects that for me to sit here when the kid is five years away from even sniffing the big leagues and try to pretend like i know what he's going to turn into it's foolish but again you want to get these guys you want to have the best of the best to have a chance at getting the next juan soto or ronald acuna jr you just don't know if they're ever going to develop into that but this is a prospect that mlb pipeline had ranked at number 16 a kind of a consensus top 25 prospect when it comes to the international market. And so we'll see what happens. And when it comes to Willie Fanes, a very similar, uh, you know, dream <laughs> of what he could be. Another five tool guy that is an outfielder that could be a center fielder, but you never really know. He's a switch hitter. We'll see what happens. Who knows? You know, in three years, one of these guys can be the next great shortstop prospect. I, you just really don't know until you get them into your system, you start developing them and, We'll see. But the one thing that uh, is very interesting about these two signings is according to Pat Ragazzo, who of course has been on this show a bunch, a uh, Mets beat writer for SI. He said that a source told him that 
you got Juan and Fanas here. Both of them are going to be top 20 prospects in the Mets system uh, once these signings are official and the next rankings come out. So that's significant. But that also points to the lack of depth in the Mets farm system. And the one thing I will address here when it comes to that lack of depth is it is good to see the Mets trying to shoot for some outfield prospects here because, as we know, their farm system when it comes to outfielders is very thin. You have what Alex Ramirez is the big prospect, but he is still years away. You know, he was an international free agent signing just a couple years before these guys. Let's see when the Mets actually signed him. So he was part of the 2019 class. So a couple of years ago, spent uh, this past season in St. Lucie and low A. I hit 258, 326 on base percentage, 384 slugging percentage. Numbers that don't necessarily pop out, but again, very young, uh, has all the tools. We'll see if he starts next season in low A again or if the Mets are aggressive and put him in high A. But the bottom line is these are projects that take a long time to develop. You're not going to expect any impact from a Simone Juan, a Fonis, even a Ramirez anytime soon. Good to have them, but getting back to the Mets farm system, these are kind of your three... Uh, lottery tickets right now that you're hoping will be the next great center fielder for the Mets. And then you have Khalil Lee and Nick Plummer. We're actually going to talk about uh, later this week, I believe. I think I'm going to have Arm Layton on, uh, you know, just baseball founder who is writing his top 10 Mets prospect list. So that's an exciting episode to look forward to. We'll talk about Plummer and Lee a little bit more, but that is really the Mets' depth right now in their farm system. It's Plummer and Lee who are close to being fourth outfielders, I would say, for this next upcoming Mets team. And then you had these guys way down the pipeline, especially after the Mets traded P. Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez this past season. Anyway, though, I still think that what is really exciting about the Mets is their potential to have a much better farm system moving forward. Thanks to Steve Cohen. I'm going to talk about that a bit more in just a minute. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot. For all your sports wager action in 2022, new year, new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So the New York Mets have a chance to have a much better farm system moving forward. And it's not just because Brody Van Wagenen is no longer the GM, although that certainly helps, right? The thing that stands out to me when it comes to the Mets moving forward, it's not that they're going to suddenly be able to spend more than other teams in the international market because everyone has the same amount of money they can spend there. They have that pool that they can spend from. Some teams don't use all of it, but still, overall, there's not a clear advantage there where Steve Cohen can just outspend everyone in that market. But where he can outspend everyone in that market is being prepared to scout in that market. And that is something that doesn't get talked about. No one's going to be writing big stories about all the different scouts that the Mets suddenly are employing. The fact that they are pouring resources into their analytics department and in turn into their technology. And that analytics department, it's not just about 
the the 2022 Mets and focusing on the major league level. It's about knowing the entire landscape of, of the game of baseball. Where is talent? Where can you find talent with surplus value you can extract and you can suddenly help the big league club? Yes, ultimately the goal is to get as much talent on the big league roster as possible. But you're not always just playing for 2022. You got to be playing for 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026 now. You got to be thinking ahead. And suddenly the Mets have the resources that can fill out all these different facets of their organization so that the team can be more self-sufficient moving forward. Because where the Dodgers are great, it's not just that they can trade for Mookie Betts and give him a monster contract. It's that they can find a Max Muncy. It's that ability to be able to find the gems, to be able to say, oh, wow, I guess the, the Red Sox don't want Bruce Dar Gratterall in this trade. The guy throws hard as hell. Let's just put him our bullpen. You know, the ability to, to find that next arm that can just slot into the back of their rotation or their bullpen to, to find the next prospect. And so that they always have someone waiting in the pipeline. So when Corey Seager becomes a free agent, you don't necessarily have to give him the $325 million the Rangers did. You can let him walk because not only did you just trade for Trey Turner, but you have Gavin Lux and then you have others in your farm system that can step in and play big roles for you moving forward. So it's having every single I dotted and T crossed all the way up and down every facet of running a baseball team. And again, it's not just about the major league team. It's about scouting. It's about player development. And if the Mets can get better at all these things, suddenly you're going to see a better product, whether Steve Cohen has a $300 million payroll or not because the talent coming through the pipeline will be better. I'm telling you right now, Alex Ramirez was signed by the previous regime. He will be developed better by this current regime because he's going to have more resources at his disposal. He's going to have more information. He's going to have better coaching and more coaches having an eye on him trying to help him progress. All of that is what makes me so confident in the Mets' future it's going to take a while to completely rid themselves from the vestiges of the Wilpon era. And this next season, it's a high-risk, high-reward type of a proposition. Everything can break right and the Mets can win the World Series. Or this veteran roster can be crippled by injuries. They can completely fall out of it. It can look a lot like 2021, and the Mets could have a third or fourth place finish, and we're all going to be looking up and say, how did this happen? But the next couple of years, this is the big name Mets. This is where they're going to be spending a bunch. And, and I'm sure they'll spend into the future. But the Mets I'm looking forward to is the 2025 Mets, where you have the ability to sign the big left fielder if you need them or, or, or the next big starting pitcher that's on the market. But you also have, you know, those fireball throwers that are coming out of your bullpen that you developed, that, that starter that just hit the surface, whether that's Matthew Allen or somebody else. You have Brett Beatty at third base, and then you still have more prospects coming up through the pipeline. That's where I'm excited, where when you sign a Simone Juan, he doesn't automatically become a top 20 you know, prospect in your system because your system's that damn good without even signing him. That's the future you should be excited about. But right now, these are all good steps moving in the right direction. You need to take all these baby steps to get to where you ultimately want to go. And I just think as Mets fans, you got to be excited because I think 
this this next three-year window is going to be a lot of fun, but the the 10 years after that might be even better. And that is a scary thing to think about if you're the other teams in baseball. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to ask the question, should the Mets have brought Marcus Stroman back? That's going to be a fun one. Make sure you tune into that. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Locked On Bets is where you want to go for all your daily gambling needs. You can follow Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts.